Welcome to Amici, news and insight from the New York Judiciary and the Unified Court System. I'm John Carr. Today is the latest episode of Diversity Dialogues with Susan Goodman. Today, Susan's interview is with Elizabeth Booth, Associate Computer Systems Analyst. Elizabeth, uh, thank you so much for talking to us today. Uh, uh, if you could just uh, tell us your, uh, your current position and how long you've had it. Sure. So in my current position, I am a, um, a computer associate computer systems analyst. And in this particular position, I would say I've probably been in it for about five to six years. However, prior to that, I, you know, I've been in that role, just not in that position, if that mm-hmm. makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, how, how would you, since, since the focus of this piece is really diversity, how would you describe your cultural background, and how do you feel it has influenced your current uh, job, your current role? Okay, so my culture is pretty blended. Uh, my grandparents were originally from the South, uh, so they put more emphasis on, like, behaviors, religion, community, um, but I did grow up in a more diverse neighborhood in Queens, New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, so because of that, I was able to experience a lot of different cultures, and I felt privileged, especially because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, now, in terms of the second question, my culture really hasn't shaped my current position because technology isn't embraced or encouraged as much, unfortunately. Um, but I myself became more captivated by technology when um, I saw a computer face-to-face for the very first time, and it was, if you don't mind me telling the story, it's really quick. Of course not. (laughs) It was uh, at my, when I moved uh, to my stepdad's, and uh, it was a broken computer, and I was just like kind of looking through stuff, and I was like, oh, what's that? He's like, oh, it's just a computer. It's just been sitting in the closet for years, and it's broken. So I took it out of the closet. I fixed it, and then I proceeded to write a card game, like a you know actual program. And oh I was god. 11 years old, wow. and the rest is history. Oh my god! Oh my god! That's amazing. <laughs> and never before that had I had any exposure to wow. technology. That wow. was seriously the first computer I ever was in front of. Wow! <laughs> so it was like innate. It was. Yeah. Which is, they they were just floored, and of course. All of the kids then wanted, they were like, oh, my goodness, the computer is fixed. Uh, and so everybody wanted to play it, so everybody played my card game that I wrote, and it was just pretty cool. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. So you said, you. You said that, that, that computer science was not something that was embraced or, or accepted by, by your, or, or not, a, it, was, it, was, it was accepted by your cultural background. Is that, is that what, I just want to make no, sure I heard you correctly. It, it was not. Perfect. No, that it, technology wasn't anything that I grew up with. Right. Um, so, like I said, that first computer that was at the age of a right, right, in front of. So right. it was just, it, I just had a desire, and um, it was kind of like out of the blue. I feel mm-hmm. um, because everything else was um, very much not technology based. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that was many years ago. <laughs> it was over 30 years ago. So right, just imagine right. over 30 years ago how that right, was. Right, but, um, right. Yes, yeah, absolutely. So how would you, how would you def- define diversity, and how would you say you encourage others to honor their diversity, their uniqueness? 
So um, in terms of diversity, I would say that it's made up of several different elements, and that could be race, um, your culture, your sexual orientation, religion, um, your gender as well. Um, and in terms of encouraging others to honor it, I just feel that each individual um, brings their own, I guess, value to anything that they do. And so mm -hmm. that's where I would say it's great to, to honor your uniqueness. Me, myself, I look at myself as being unique when I was younger. I was teased a lot because I was more, you know, once I got into technology, that's all I really cared about. <laughs> Not all I really cared about, but I really yeah. did have such a passion to learn. And so you when mean I was as a younger, woman. As a, especially as a woman, mm -hmm. um, and so it was very strange to people. And mm -hmm. so, if if I had have kind of go, gone along with the flow of what was the norm, mm -hmm. then um, you know I would have held myself back from what I've learned, where I am now. And so that's why I would say definitely. Um, anyone should embrace their uniqueness in whatever way that it is, because it does help. Um, you know, it does help shape a person, and even could affect other people, and, mm -hmm. and could encourage other people. Um, you know, based mm -hmm. on an individual's uniqueness. Mm -hmm. I would say. So, and and if you think about your job now, what three words would you use to describe it? Mm, okay, so. Um, one would be challenging, <laughs> definitely, mm -hmm. um, fulfilling, and diverse. And can you elaborate on, on, on one or more of those? Sure. So challenging would be in, in this role, and in, in challenging and diverse, um, those two um, descriptions would, would um, kind of fit in together with my current role. And so with what I do, we're... We are managing um, many different applications, which is really not common mm -hmm. in the technology field. Mm -hmm. And so having to switch gears and to be able to manage many different applications from beginning to end is what I would consider quite challenging. And, you know, making sure that, um, you know, I could, I could be working on three to four different projects at once and to be able to make sure that I'm on the right path for each one in terms of, um, you know, having conversations with um, other individuals and making sure that I'm, uh, you know, I'm not getting any of them confused with each other. Mm -hmm. So that's where it becomes quite challenging and making sure that I'm, um, I'm able to manage many different projects at once. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and then, of course, diverse um, would be another description, and that is, because I do have um, the ability to work on many different types of projects, so it's not always the same exact um, project it's, or type of project, it's many different types. It could be something as simple as creating a call database to, um, you know, change, you know creating an entire new system for, let's just say, I don't know if I'm able to actually say specifics, but um, the ethics uh, commission financial disclosure form. So that those are two totally different types of, of projects, but mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so that's where it's like very, mm -hmm. very diverse. Mm -hmm. What what um what what specific court are you working for and what area? So I'm actually in the division of technology at RTP. 
So it's Office of Court Administration and Court Research, and within that is the Division of Technology. And where are you located? At the Rensselaer Technology Park in Troy. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. And, um, and what would you say you like most about your job? I mean, you kind of talked about that a little bit in the last answer, but maybe you can um, talk just, you know, m maybe make more um, connections with your, you know, daily routine and what, you know, what you like most about what you do. Right. So it goes back to that diversity, but mm -hmm. I like that I, um, I uh, basically hold several different roles within my position. And so I'm a project manager, I'm an analyst, and a programmer. Mm -hmm. And that isn't common for someone to be able to, to be in all three roles. Mm -hmm. Typically, you're in one or the other, not mm -hmm. in all three. Mm -hmm. And so because of, of being able to be in various roles, it's just I, I absolutely love what I do. I'm not mm -hmm. kind of like um, it, it makes it very interesting and mm -hmm. ever-changing uh, on a day-to-day on -day basis. Even I would say even on an hourly basis, I could be working on one particular project and have to switch, switch gears quite quickly <laughs> mm -hmm. um, on a totally different project. So, mm -hmm. Can you give like an example? Um, an example of of, of of like of, of of a typical like morning or a typical day. Like what would okay. you you know? So, I mean, it doesn't have to be hour by hour. I mean, just in, you know. <laughs> so it's funny because it, I don't I wouldn't consider myself having typical days <laughs> because mm -hmm, they change mm -hmm. so quickly. But um, it involves usually my days involve meeting. We'll just say a day that where I have meetings and doing programs. So uh, it involves meeting with the various offices to discuss like their needs. So their needs meaning any new applications that they want or existing applications even that they would like modified. Mm -hmm. um, whether it's like something like simple functionality or if it's something more advanced where you know you're having to to have like three four hour long meetings so some of my days are just all meetings and then mm -hmm. sometimes it it could be you know I have meetings and then I'm also doing development so like for instance um, today for example I had some you know correspondence with uh, what we call a stakeholder that's someone that um, that we correspond with uh, who is the point person for a particular application that we're working on. And so, you know, there were some questions and, you know, just trying to do what we call analysis. And that's um, really, simply put, it's just fact-finding and require, uh, gathering, like, specific requirements. So I did that, um, a little bit of that today. And then I had to switch gears and I had to go into, like, some programming because I am, um, you know, managing projects not just for myself but for an entire team. Mm -hmm. So, um, in terms of a team, I could, like, for instance, say I would shoot off an email to someone saying, oh, you know, can you contact this person to set up a meeting, a particular meeting, so that we can get the ball rolling for a particular project. So, it's meeting with individuals on the team to make sure that the projects that they're working on are moving along and that, you know, if there are any roadblocks or, you know, any <coughs> questions that we're we are communicating, and then it could be me actually hands-on, which I am really very much a hands-on person, mm -hmm. hands-on actually doing programming myself or, you know, even doing the analysis. So that's really what my days consist of. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's constantly changing throughout the day, and then some days 
you know, I, I certainly have to have like a to-do list and I pretty much create one at the end of each day for the next day. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes I don't even get to touch that to-do list just because, you know, my manager could even come in and say, hey, I want you to be in on a meeting and it could be like last minute. So that's mm-hmm. where I have mm-hmm. to be very flexible and, and be able to um, quickly change, you know, quickly mm-hmm. change my my frame of thought, you know, like I'll, I'll be focused on something in particular and then I have to be able to quickly um, adjust that focus to something else. So mm-hmm. that's a typical day, uh-huh. really. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a great answer, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do, you, um, do you have someone that you consider or some more than one person who you consider a mentor and why? Oh, wow, yeah. So I do. I have quite a few mentors uh, over the years, um, two of which, um, Valerie Ferret. Can I say their names? I'm sorry. Of course, yeah. Okay. Um, Valerie Ferret and Deb Fallon, and they both, sadly for me, have retired. Mm-hmm. Um, and But they do continue to mentor me. We're friends still to this day, but uh, they shaped my journey in quite a few different ways. So. Um, I'll talk about Deb first. Okay. Um, what was, and if, maybe if you could just identify her job title or role or whatever. Um, oh, goodness. I I'm mean, so it doesn't have to be that. specific. It, yeah. it doesn't have to be like her, you know, her title or anything. But right. Was she, she was she a computer? Was, she was the director of the Division of Technology. I'm okay. not sure, like, I could be totally botching that title, but she was more of like, um, I think she was a CTO um, okay. in the Division of Technology. Okay. So she did fine. oversee uh, like a, a good segment of the technology mm-hmm. in the division of uh, technology, mm-hmm. and uh, so she was she empowered me really through um, guiding me. She she guided me to become a leader within a unit that I um, worked in, and so from that guidance, I then became a manager of the unit, mm-hmm. and um, so she constantly encouraged me to believe in my capabilities um, and really the like all of the skills that I acquired in terms of being a manager mm-hmm. um, it, they were really invaluable when it came to her patience mm-hmm. and just her knowledge she just had so much knowledge and um, I couldn't imagine not having her as a mentor even mm-hmm. to this day any questions mm-hmm. that I have like what do you think I should do about this she's always she just loves to help and I mm-hmm. love that now Valerie Rivera it's funny because um, so as you know like I'm technical now when I first started with the court system I was um, I was in the help desk so I was uh, a technical support assistant mm-hmm. and um, so it was very much like hardware based software-based, not programming. I did a little, like, dabble a little bit here and there in programming, but um, so so I was very much, like, hardware-based, and so as things, um, as, as time went on, that was really my, like, my path, right, was more, like, hardware-based, not so much programming okay. like mm-hmm. I was when I was younger, so, and even when I went to school. So Valerie Vera, she there was there's a program I'm not sure if you're familiar with. It's called FileMaker, and at the time Valerie Vera was teaching the employees within the court system how to use FileMaker. And so FileMaker is um, a database program where you not only have the database side of it, but you also program the screens, which is not common at all to have like an all-in-one solution and 
so, you know, I sat in on a couple of the, the training sessions and I was like, oh, I don't really want to, <laughs> I'm not really mm-hmm. interested mm-hmm. in doing mm-hmm. it because I just felt like, like I, my focus was not on programming at that time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so she just kept on pushing me and she's like, you can do it because there were, there were projects that I was involved in, which required the development um, of an application within FileMaker, but I was more like the analyst at that time. And so I really wasn't intending on programming anything. But so she just kept pushing me like, you can do this, you can, you know, like Mm -hmm. just showing me the different different techniques and things like that. And and then I would do like some screens, but I would never get into like the back end where I'm actually doing serious programming. Mm -hmm. And so she just kept on encouraging me, kept on encouraging me. And um, I just didn't think I could do well. Like there were times where I was saying, Valerie, you know, can you help me? Can you just do it? Like I I just don't want to, you know, like I have so many other things to do. And and it, it wasn't that wasn't a part of my role at the time mm-hmm. to actually be a programmer. I was more, again, on the, I worked um, with the town and village uh, courts. So I mm-hmm. um, oversaw, like, all of the, 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 the technology for the town and village courts at the time that she was trying to teach me this, and I was like, I just, don't, I just can't learn it. And so now, funny enough, I'm the project manager for <laughs> that same unit that develops in FileMaker, and I am, I would consider myself an advanced developer in FileMaker, and um, I absolutely love it. I mm-hmm. couldn't see myself not doing it. I mean, obviously things change, but I really couldn't see myself not doing it, which is why I'm still programming, because I mm-hmm. absolutely love doing it. Mm-hmm. But well, so those great to have such enthusiasm for what you do. I, it's I really love wonderful, it. yeah. I really do love yeah, it. Yeah, you so can tell. You can two. tell. Some. Oh, thank you. <laughs> too, but then I have others like so. Randy Hall, he was. My well, man. I mean, I think, I think, I think that's good. You know, I oh, mean, okay. obviously, obviously. <laughs> I'm not no, no, no. I understand. I understand because you have other people that you that you uh, that you also uh, were mentored by. But I think that for the purposes of this interview, you know, two is is is, is plenty, and, okay. and 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 you and you really described it very well. So yeah. So just a couple of other questions. Um, how 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 would you advise prospective applicants to the court system? Either, you know people who are not in the court system yet or those who um, are in the court system who are looking to rise within within the, the, the technology area? How would, you, how would you advise them? Sure. So um, I've actually done that quite a few times already, but mm-hmm. in the way that I do it, I, I just encourage anyone that's looking for a position in technology to apply because one of the great things that a lot of people don't realize is that one, for technology uh, related positions within the division of technology, you don't have to take a test. And so a lot of times that deters, um, you know, prospective applicants from Mm -hmm, applying mm -hmm. because they, you know, the whole test, you know, not not saying anything bad against, you know, having to take tests, but sometimes it does deter Mm -hmm, people from from applying. And mm-hmm. so that's one of the things. The other is that your it the entire picture, your entire history is looked at, not just having a four year degree or, you know, a two year degree, your entire history. So you could be in a specific position that could say, um, you know, a four year degree or 
a two-year degree and two years of experience or a combination. So you could even, you could be in the same position as someone that doesn't have um, a degree or um, on the opposite end of that, someone that doesn't have a degree that's in the same position as someone that does. So that's what I always do. I, I do that quite a bit when I'm, I advise um, anyone that's interested in, in being in technology, mm. I actually say you should apply in the court system because chances are you're probably going to get it if you do have some sort of experience. And mm. um, I just think it's wonderful. I think it's wonderful because it, I certainly would not be where I am if mm. it were just looked at as like you have to have a four-year degree because that I don't have. So um, it's just you ha you're given so many wonderful opportunities, and um, I'm just very grateful, just <laughs> just in general. And, and also, this is um, one of the, the things that I would advise or let people know is that a lot of times you're learning on the job, and I, I don't know of another place where you can actually learn on the job and grow from that as well without having something to start with, like meaning mm -hmm. like a 40 degree or something. So mm -hmm. um, it's just wonderful. I, I'm just, I'm, I feel very grateful. Mm -hmm. Well, that's great. And just the last question, before you leave um, your job, which hopefully will be a long time from now, what would you like your greatest achievement to have been? Um, okay, so I would say, because I'm also an educator, um, I would say that as long as I've had a positive impact on someone that I interacted with, whether it's someone that I've developed an application for or one of my colleagues um, in their work life. So um, my, my goal is to always make things more efficient. And so if I can have an impact on someone, mm -hmm. um, even just I, I even just from one thing, I will feel like I've achieved because I already feel like I've achieved that. And so as long as I am able to continue to do so, mm -hmm. um, it, to me, that's the greatest achievement within this, you know, within this realm that I could imagine. Mm -hmm. And just continuing to, you know, have an impact on anyone that I am, I'm in, in you know, um, that I'm in contact with. How long have you been in the system? Since 2001. I retire in 10 years. <laughs> okay, okay. All right. Elizabeth, it was a real pleasure to talk to you. Thank, Thank you, you so much. I, I appreciate your time and your enthusiasm and you. your, uh, your, your, your good words about, about everything. I think it will oh. be a really lovely uh, piece. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you for um, even considering me. Thanks for listening to Amici. you find all of our recent podcasts on the Court Systems website at www.nycourts.gov. And most are also in the iTunes podcast library. If you have a suggestion for an Amici podcast, please let me know. I'm John Carr, and I can be reached at 518-453-8669 or J. C-A-H-E-R at nycourts.gov. In the meantime, stay tuned.